Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. When I look back over my life, it was his mercy that he didn't answer certain prayers. I am so grateful he didn't say yes to some of those prayers I prayed with tears running down my face. Dear God, why? How? But God loved me enough to say, no, boy, no. Okay, back to Numbers 17, 13, 17. Then Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan. So he let the people have their way, but God was still clear. And this is what he told the spies to do. We all know the narrative, uh, leaders of each clan. I mean, these are like the pastors. I mean, these were the spiritual leaders. These were the important people, the powerful people. They were the ones that were sent out and they represented all 12 tribes. And this was the, these were the directions. Okay, guys, I'm gonna make it crystal clear. This is what I want you to do. And see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, A or B, few or many, A or B, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, A or B, whether the cities they inhabit are like the camps or strongholds, A or B, whether the land is rich or poor, A or B. How many of y'all just see A or B so far? And whether there are forests there or not. In each case, God told the Israelites to choose between only two options. But instead of A and B, we know how the story ends. They came back with C. And this is what we must learn. Stay in our lanes. Do not compete where you do not compare. Let God run his business. If God gave you an A or B option, stay with A or B. There is no C. You hear what I'm saying? There is no D, there is no F. How many letters of the alphabet you want to create? There is A and there is B. The choice is binary. All of our additions is where our problems come from. I almost went to meddling there, but when I married that woman, it was A and B. No C and no D. A and B for life. Death do us part. Yes, she wanted to kill me at times, but till death do we part. And then Moses gets his pom-poms out. He says, be of good courage, push him back, push him back, way back. And and Moses is encouraging them. He's giving them clear direction. You can't mess up with A or B. You have a 50% chance you're going to get it right. And then on top of that, he said, and bring some of the fruit of the land back. And in this, we see God's MO, his modus operandi in Scripture. God has a tendency. Matter of fact, he, he basically always does this with his people. He gives us a taste of what he has for us, but pay attention, but then lets us decide if we want it enough to fight for it. Even in this service, as you lifted holy hands to God, you sense the presence of God. 
But the question to you Monday through Saturday is do you want it enough to fight for it, to, to, to live in his presence, to keep his presence, to live the life he's called you to? Do you want it enough? Do you value it enough to fight for it? When we went to that altar, she was beautiful. And maybe I was a tad bit, I don't know, was I okay? But it was wonderful. But then life happened. Babies happen. Bills happen. Differences happened. And you know, before we were married, I had a vision of what life could be. But that vision would not and did not fall out of the sky. The question on both of our lives when we went to that altar is do we value it enough to fight for it? And I want to say married folks, do you want it enough to fight for it? Now, this is messing up my sermon. This was not in my notes. But God showed you and gave you a taste. But will you deal with enemies? Will you deal with obstacles? Do you value it enough to do whatever it takes to obtain it? The issue is not how much God wants it for us. The million dollar question is how much do you want it? for yourself. Verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Eschol and cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes so big they carried it between two people or two of them on a pole. What God has for you is much bigger than you have ever thought. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. In fact, God has something so big for you, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. It's going to take others to come alongside you to carry that load, to help you with that load. It's too big for you to do it alone on your journey. It's gonna take others, it's gonna take some help. If your vision, if your dream is big enough for you to do it alone, it's not God, it is too small. Jesus had a vision so big for the planet, he couldn't even fill it in his own lifetime. He had to gather 12 around him. He said, I gotta go away, but I'm gonna send you another comforter. And then go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. You hear what I'm saying? Teaching them to deserve all that I have taught you. And Lord, I'll be with you to the end of the age. His vision was bigger than his lifespan. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Jesus' vision was bigger than his human self. 12 years, I'm sorry, three years with 12 men. By the way, one of them turned out bad. So don't be surprised when everything don't always turn out the way you hoped. God taught me years ago. He said, yeah, I kept bumping into the Judas problem. How many of y'all have bumped into the Judas problem? 
Yeah. How many of y'all ever been to Judas? Now you don't want to admit it. We all, we all been there. Yeah, we all been there. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, there'll always be a Judas in your life as long as I need something to die in you. Pay attention to what I just said. Started and came back to Moses. I feel like I just skipped something there. Okay, thank you. What God had for the children of Israel was bigger than they thought. What God had for the children of Israel would require help. Governor-elect, I don't want to single you out. That's not fair, and you're trying to just be invisible in worship. But what God has for you is going to require help. It's too big for just one man. And the people you surround yourself with have a way of determining your future. But back to God's MO. They brought back these huge grapes. But if you're not willing to fight for it, face some enemies over it. Sacrifice for it. You're not ready for it. In the case of the children of Israel, they had to spend extra time in the wilderness. Let's go to verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses, verse 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So the land was everything God said it was. But verse 28, nevertheless, despite all God had done up to this point, he brought him through the storm, the rain, the heartache, and the pain. Despite the huge pieces of fruit, the tangible proof and evidence that everything God said about their land, everything God said about their future was true, yet they came up with a nevertheless, a God not so fast. Like somehow God gets pleasure in hoodwinking us. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're so smart and we got it so much together. He's like, you know, he's bragging on himself. You know, I, I tricked that one. God forbid. Nevertheless, the people. How many of us or how many times have we walked away from God's plan for our lives because of people? I get it. People can be scary. Y'all are scary. <laughs> Frankly, sometimes I'm scary. I surprise myself. But fear God. And eventually your enemies will fear you. Yeah. 
Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. But weren't the Egyptians strong? Nevertheless, the cities are fortified and very large. Was not Egypt large? Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak or the giants. These was a big tribe, big people there. But wasn't the Egyptian army the largest and most powerful army in the world? Did God really bring them this far to only bring them this far? Did God bring you this far only to bring you this far? Did God bring us this far only to bring us this far? Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. I sent you an email this week talking about some of the final obstacles we face as we head toward the building of our new campus. And I have some questions for you. After years of us working hard, sacrificing, giving to create enough room for our kids, after years of turning people away from our parking lots, after years of not having enough seats in our services, we, we had to go to three and we, we were moving toward four again. And sometimes we just have to have four. Did God only bring us this far to only bring us this far? After carrying the baby for nine months, will you get tired at the table? Church, it's time to push. Church, it's time for us to put in that final effort to get across the finish line. But the man who had gone up with Caleb said, we are not. Abel. These men heard the same word from Moses. They watched the same miracles over the years. They attended the same church. But they couldn't find the same courage to believe. Courage is when you don't feel like going on, but you go on anyway. Courage is when you're scared to death, but you still show up. Courage is when you feel alone, but you realize doing the right thing doesn't require company. Courage is when you're hurt so bad, been disappointed so long, but, but you still go at it again. Eleanor Roosevelt said, 
Courage is dealing with failure, but never losing your enthusiasm. Courage is not having the strength to go on, but it's going on when you have no strength. Courage is when you prayed and you, you cried and you, you cried and you prayed and, and nothing's happened. Nothing's changed, but still you stand and after doing all to stand, you keep standing. It's when courage is when you, you get to the end of the road, you, you tie a knot and you just hold on. Courage is when you, when you feel like you're going to lose your mind, but discover a new strength. Courage is when everyone in the world says no, but you know God says yes. It's going to take courage for you to do what God wants you to do in your family, on your job, in your life, with that child, and for this church. Verse 32, and I think I'm done early. Praise the Lord, that's the second miracle this morning. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Now, the report of the doubters contained facts, real facts. But they interpreted through the minds of people who didn't have courage and didn't have faith. Alexander the Great said this, he said, I'd rather an army led by a lion. No, let me say it right. I'd rather an army of sheep led by a lion than an army of lions led by a sheep. Listen, I get worried at times too. I feel afraid at times too. I get discouraged at times. I get disappointed at times. I don't always know how I'm gonna deal with this crazy world at times. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I say, I don't even know how I'm gonna deal with my crazy self at times. But I can't look at him brave on the cross, but then tremble because I got some problems at home. I can't look at him Brave on the cross and then tremble because somebody doesn't like me. I can't look at him brave on that cross and then run away because life has gotten just a little bit uncomfortable. Courage is doing the right thing until you win. I don't know if it's going to happen in a day. I don't know if it's going to happen in a week. I don't know if it's going to happen in a month. I don't know what's going to happen in a year, 10 years, but hold on, God is faithful. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He who promised is faithful. In Deuteronomy 31, God said these words to Joshua. I want to read them. He said, Joshua, I need you to do something for me. Be strong. Joshua, be of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. 
and you will inherit the land. The only thing keeping you from what God has for you is your courage. And God is saying, you need to square your shoulders, plant your feet firm, because greater is he that's in you. There are more for you than against you. If God before you, who is the world? If God's on your side, you got a majority. Things easy to say, hard to live. Courage is when the doctor says you have prostate cancer, but you come to church every Sunday and lift holy hands. Courage is when you have to go down to the school three times in the same week because your child's acting out, but you still love on them anyway. You still look that child in the eye and say, I see better in you. I I see something in you. You're going somewhere. Courage is staying married for 25 years. Courage is living holy even though sometimes you're going to bed by yourself. Courage is given when you feel like you don't have a whole lot left. Courage is not what we do in times of comfort and convenience. Courage is what we do in times like this when, 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 when the, the, the clouds are billowing in and, and stuff is happening. Courage is what we need when we're afraid. And we live in frightening times. And I just feel like God is calling for some courage. So today, don't listen to the world around you and do you know, all the voices out there. Courage is listening to God when the crowd says no. Courage is staying committed when you have options to walk away. And God is saying right now to many of you, live streaming, perhaps in the multi-purpose room, overflow. So if you would take the step, the Bible says to James, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. If you would just have the courage to invite me in, if you would just have the courage to say yes to me, you will inherit your land. I will do what only God can do, but you have to have the courage to respond. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.